0: Hey Omaha Talkers, this is episode 6 of Omaha Talks. Tonight we sat down with Liquid Courage's own Devin Ferguson to talk about tattoos,
1: being tattooed, and... Just life in general, running a business, starting a business. yeah. Yeah. A little bit of everything.
0: A celebration of an Omaha business that's been voted Best of Omaha 13 years in a row. So whether or not you have a tattoo, tune in. Hello Omaha Talkers, welcome to episode 6 of Omaha Talks. I am your co-host Parker Steele here with co-host Brandon Herbel, And today we are conversing with Liquid Courage owner, operator, artist, Devin Ferguson. Welcome to the show Devin. Thanks guys. So, we brought you in here today to this uh, small studio space to talk about Liquid Courage and you... So let's just kick things off, man. Who are
2: you? What do you do? Oh man, yeah. So I'm a middle-aged, overweight white guy who put, <laughs> who draws on people for a living, and that uh, that's more or less it, honestly. Like that's my, my whole definition. Yeah, I'm am an Omaha boy, born and raised, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I've just wanted to do art my whole life, and I'm, I managed to get it done.
0: So, nice, yeah, nice. So when did you?
2: How long has Liquid Courage been open? Liquid Courage opened in uh, May of 2000, so we're 17 years now. Damn. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. man. Thanks. Thanks. I think we're going to make it. Yeah, I think you are, I think too. Gonna, I think we're going to make it in <laughs> one more year, at least.
0: And uh, I checked, did uh, some light research today, and you guys
2: are uh, 13 years in a row,
0: best of Omaha tattoo shop.
2: Um, Actually, I believe in like... Oh, I'm not sure when it all started honestly. Okay. But I believe in 08 we missed one. Okay. So, you know, it was a flop. They fucked up. Well, yeah, I, some there was clearly a a clerical <laughs> error of some kind. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I guess
0: uh <clears throat> let's just start from the top, man. Like how did you I mean, obviously, I'm guessing you were a kid that liked to draw?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I I started drawing mostly to keep up with a good buddy of mine. My best friend and I met um the first day of kindergarten, he was an artist from the very beginning. He was already drawing Godzilla and little comic strips the day I met him. It's awesome, and I just thought it was cool. So I just, I started drawing just to keep up with him. He's a buddy of mine, and uh, his name's Sean Rourke. He was an Omaha boy and now lives in L.A. and 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 does uh, special effects editing. Wow. Um. So he's always been artistic, and I was just doing it to keep up with him for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just had a lot of fun doing that stuff, kind of world creating and we both Godzilla nuts. I'm old enough to be a Godzilla nut. Um, yeah.
0: Wait, real quick. Yeah. What's your favorite version of Godzilla outside of the original?
2: Outside of the original,
0: boy. I mean, I. And when I say that, I mean like there's Mecha Godzilla, right. there's Space Godzilla. Yeah. You know, Mecha
2: Godzilla is the Kraghrik. Cool. Godzilla, so. right, right. <laughs> female egg laying Matthew Broderick Godzilla. That's uh, no. Th- um, I would definitely go with Mecha Godzilla, based entirely on design. So badass. It just looks so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah love yeah. it.
0: Uh, no man, I love Godzilla. I I was obsessed with those movies, and it's funny because if you were to show an original Godzilla film to a ten year old right now, wouldn't work wouldn't
2: work but I, I mean okay so but is that true even a decade and a half ago when Power Rangers was the thing right when it first came up because that's a good point really man. it was just miniatures and guys <laughs> yeah. in baggy rubber costumes and we were supposed to buy that I mean it, it,
0: at certain points it looks better than CGI oh for sure you know I mean, yeah. when CGI is bad it's way oh I mean, my sometimes God. it's getting
2: so good it's less believable you know? Right. right right I mean what do you think of that movie robots and monsters i'm in i know me like, too and I'm guillermo,
0: going. guillermo del toro
2: that doesn't yeah yeah that's cool a I'm, bad a, motherfucker. He, he, I'm I'm a fan i have a very good uh, friend of mine who is an absolute hater i can't wrap my brain around it but what do you do all right, right. Do do? all right so you're drawing godzilla with your buddy little
0: friendly competition yeah you know yeah. encouraging each other what uh as far as, like, going on in school, did you did you go to college? Did you do the art
2: school thing? Well, so being from Omaha, I actually continued on through the Omaha education system, public schools, boy, all the way. And uh, I went to Omaha Central. And from 88 to 92, or 89 to 92, my math's pretty good. Um, but when I went there, I got probably, I mean, I've got a a collegiate level art education for free from the OPS system. And uh, my teacher at the time, who was my teacher in most of my courses, a guy named Larry Andrews. And Larry Andrews, and between he and uh, um, and Margaret Quinn, uh, those two taught us so much. And we got to do so many things at the high school level that my grades weren't great enough. I wasn't going to get great scholarships or anything. So I ended up um, at, another, uh, at another state school. I ended up at uh, Kearney. Um, and to do art, and uh, about halfway through my freshman year, the head of the art department there is Professor Dennis, uh, Tom Dennis, I think maybe, he pulled me off to the side and was just like, what are you doing here, you know, like you need to go to Kansas, or somewhere with a big illustration program, because your high school portfolio is the senior level like college portfolio here sure and it's not my quality necessarily but the experiences like we did you know copper plate printing and and lithographs and screen printing and everything at at a high school level for free Wow and um, so I did a lot of stuff at that level and I still to this day I managed to run into wildly uh, mr. Andrews just a few years ago when my wife and I were looking for a uh, um, a wedding reception venue I ran into him so that would have been twenty eleven and got a chance to say hi to him in an elevator and tell him that I owed my entire career and life to him and and Mrs. Quinn. Man, that's awesome. Oh, nice. It was cool as hell, man. I and so I owe I owe it all to like literally those two people and you know the whole art department, but like the uh, the O.P.S. system was the only is the only reason I know how to do what I do today. Cool. You yeah, know, it's
1: very similar too. Like in Grand Island, uh, my teacher, Mr. Webman. Uh, Kind of Mr. Same, Whitman. But it's the same thing where I feel like he, I told him, I was like, what's screen printing about? And he's like, actually, we have some screen printing stuff back from the 80s that we haven't used. And like, he like just fed my hunger of learning stuff about art that yeah. like I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for him. So yeah, it's like awesome when there's those types of teachers that literally molded my, you know, my life. It's well, it's it's wild. cool. You know,
0: I, I love also Brandon and I are, and Casey as well, products of public school. And it's nice when you hear that stuff because you don't hear enough good things about public school. And it's cool when you have that art teacher that's like, hey, yo, you're, you're killing it. You know, like good job, you know? And Mr. Whitman, (laughs) who is also the swim team coach, I'll never forget that guy. I'll never forget him because he was the guy that would see me in the hall. And this is my Mr. Whitman impersonation, okay? Like, hey, guy, how you doing, guy? Yeah, how you doing, that's guy? It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guy, you having a good day, guy? But he was just a good cat. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, and that's cool that you had a chance to give some thanks, you know? And Yeah.
2: I was super stoked about it. Yeah. It was so, cool to run into him.
0: So at this point, so you go to UNK.
2: Are you, do you have tattoos, at this point no 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 matter of fact it's hilarious i go back and i started drawing ideas um good friend of mine and artist uh he's on instagram uh, a guy named brian brooks he goes his uh, very vector really cool just simple stuff real good guy he had the first tattoo uh, of my friends group that i've ever that i ever saw that wasn't you know some hand poke Aussie knuckles thing for right. like the rough the rough kids that i hung out with you know and in junior high or something. Right. And, um, um, the so knuckle. Dude, it was the thing, man. <laughs> Hessian Hill, all the kids standing around smoking after junior high school, like three of them had Aussie on their knuckles. Oh, they were, no. Like, eh, they didn't mind. Right, <laughs> right. You know, they, they're doing great. They were doing their thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're doing well now. Um, but, uh, no, the, so Brian had the very first kind of tattoo in my peer group. And I started immediately drawing you know, my dream tattoo. And I still have those sketchbooks. I have hundreds of sketchbooks in my house. And one of them has my 18-year-old version of my tattoo ideas. And they're ridiculous. I mean, they're asinine. They're, they're everything I tell people not to do today. <laughs> right. Every single thing. <laughs> it's, you know, like it's a Pearl Jam stick figure with a tiny banner <laughs> above and a below. And it's got 57 words in each banner, you right. know. And it's the size, it's half the size of the palm of my hand. Yeah, it was all the worst shit in the world. Is that interesting? Like, I got my first tattoo
0: on my 18th birthday. Don't like looking at it. (laughs) I can't wait to cover. Got mine covered up, and (laughs) haven't actually covered it up. See, well, Well, maybe we should talk because, well, of course we should talk. But it's it's interesting how you know, as teenage dudes of that mindset, we're like, I'm gonna fucking get this, and it means so much to me. And then we have conversations like this where you're like, oh god.
2: What yeah, the man. hell, you know? I it mean, does make so it funny. easier, though, to, to, like, talk to an 18-year-old kid and they're just like, man, you know, I, I, I really badly want this Avenged Sevenfold thing. <laughs> right. like, hey, that's cool, man, really. I'm not here to judge, but trust me, like, one day avenged Sevenfold is going to lay a fucking egg. Right. For, even by your standards, you know what I mean? And you're just, you're going to be like, man, now what? I got this thing. Like, right. You know, I don't, I mean, that's a bad example. Maybe I don't know, but...
0: So you get, uh, did you... Did you graduate, or
2: did you take? I did professors? not. You no you no left. I, I left. Um, it, so my my saint of a mother was helping put me through college. I didn't do anything. I there was the the last time I took a year off from work from the age of fifteen to now was my freshman year of college, and I didn't work at all. And uh, and you know it was just one of those things when the report cards quote unquote, started coming back, she was like, so college, is this for you? Do you think knowing full well, the answer should have been no. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go back. And she's like, all right, dog, whatever. (laughs) You know, like you're going to go back. And, and I did what I did the first year the second year too. And I, I, and honestly, I did, I didn't waste her money before you couldn't get a hundred percent of your money back. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to drink and smoke weed and ride mountain bike, pretty much. But that's all I'm going to do. You know? Sure. And that's what I did. And I had a good time with my friends and had a, had a lot of fun. Um, but I did not go back to school. So I made it through a whole freshman year and, you know, a, a quarter of a sophomore year. Yeah. So you left,
0: took mom's advice, or, or, or mom's... Uh, well, you, you, yeah. You, you,
2: you had a little reflection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would just... There came a point when I just felt guilty, you know. Like yeah. she was like, "Hey, you know, like, my mom was single mother. She worked her ass off her whole life, and I just kept seeing the check, you know, the, the bills rolling, and she's writing the checks, and I'm just like, man, yeah, I'm wasting her money and and my and her time, and you know, like it's just we're not gonna do Bit, this. Big know? ups to
0: single moms, right? 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 We're yeah, we're yeah, single yeah, mom yeah. podcast in yeah, here. I love it's it. Probably a better way to say that. But so <laughs> you you then moved you moved back to Omaha. Yeah, after a little messing around, A little messing around, and what motivated you in that time um, from leaving Kearney and coming back to Omaha to starting to number one getting a tattoo,
2: right, okay. and number
0: two starting
2: a tattoo shop. How did that? Yeah, so out? that's a bit of, kind of a convoluted thing, but oh, so my my best friend through high school. Um, another local tattooer, uh, Mars Blackman, Manese um, Blackman, he, uh, I believe, is working at a Black Squirrel as we speak today. Um, he started tattooing a year before me or so. And at the time, they needed a new tattooer at the shop um, in South Omaha. I started at Villains Tattoo on 36th and Q under uh, Seth Kirschman. And, and, and Manice was working there at the time. He and I were best friends through junior high and high school. He lived with us for a couple of years, if my memory serves, in uh, high school. And then he and I were college roommates at Kearney. We were super tight. And so he got me into that. He came to me and said, like, hey, we're looking for a new guy. He knew I could draw. Came in. I, I applied just with my art portfolio that I had left over from high school. Honestly, most of that's what it was. Yeah. And got the job that way. Um, at the time I was, you know, I floated around. I've always been like, I'm, I'm built for, I mean, if you've seen me, I'm, I'm built for manual labor. That's what I do. So that's why that's always what I had done. Did semi truck tires and then construction stuff. And, and this was an opportunity. Uh, I wasn't that interested in tattooing, honestly. I didn't right. have one yet. Right. Um, uh, Manice gave me my very first one pr- just prior to this conversation, actually. What was that tattoo? Um, what was your first tattoo? So my first tattoo is a cross. It's on the middle of my back, right where you cannot ever fucking see it again. I saw it once. I think that was 1998, I think, or <laughs> 96. I saw it. It was it. pretty cool. Yeah, um, I bought. I had to leave the tattoo shop and buy a hand mirror so I could see my <laughs> so own tattoo. It? it was dumb, but anyway, I liked it. You know, I and really it was an cross because I'm a religious guy. This all feeds back into another long, obnoxiously boring story, but. I was super into comic books and working on trying to freelance in comic books. My buddy Sean Rourke, who was living in uh, Santa Fe, Fe, New Mexico, he was going to school at the time. He was writing scripts for a comic book, and I was illustrating them. Cool. Yeah. So the the character, our main character, was this character named Omen. And Omen had this symbol that was sort of like a Celtic-looking cross. Okay. And so I got that to just sort of remind me what... You know, like what you really what you really want to focus on in life. Sure, like I really wanted to be in comics. Yeah, like that's what I really wanted to do, and so I got it. Thinking like, man, you can't put it on your body unless you're really going to strive for it. And mm-hmm. I still do that, you know, um, with words and whatever else. Is sure. Um, so, with that in mind, I I got that tattoo um, for that for that reason, and uh, that turned into, I think a Celtic armband thing, which I to this day f- baffles me as to why I got it I mean I don't know anything about my heritage I'm an American mutt right I, I maybe somebody at that time you know where there was a, a drinking holiday and somebody was like ah you're probably Irish fuck it you know, right, like, right, right. So, yeah, right, you fit so, the yeah. Right, yeah. Like you drink like you're Irish or whatever, you know. Right, like right. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Braveheart came out. I don't remember. But I got <laughs> Braveheart the, came out. Everyone out. was Scottish <laughs> for three years, right? Yeah, you know? like, yeah. So, so I, I got that Celtic armband and, uh, um, and then and then it kind of turned into you know he was asking me about whether I was interested and I wasn't, but the more I thought about it, I could stay in construction and not draw all day. Right or i could just roll the dice i was still young i was twenty two going on twenty three and uh... and so i was just kinda like well let's give it a roll let's see what happens you know um, I, I always had this philosophy that if I started making a little too much money, just where I was getting real comfortable, I might buy a new car or get a nicer apartment, then I can't quit that job, right? right. So every time I would start to make a little bit of money, I would purposely sabotage myself, quit the job and take another job for way less money just to kind of, because I knew it wasn't what my end game, my, my end game, right?
0: Kind of that uh, um, productive self-sabotage. Well, I, where, where you yeah. didn't, or just regular where, old self sabotage. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you just weren't comfortable being comfortable, and you liked. Yeah. You liked kind of yeah. pushing yourself a little bit and being in that spot where you had to work.
2: Yeah. Um. You no. Know, um. So I, I didn't mind working. You know, the, the working part's cool as hell. But the, for me, what it really was is that I just really I, I don't know. I I knew what I knew where I'd like to be. Yeah, and I wasn't really interested in settling at that point. I was young, I was single, you know, a, a little bit of money is plenty. Yeah, you know, so if I started to make good money, it started to be a little too much. I just knew that this is how you end up in jobs that you don't want for twenty years. Right, and so I just I, I would I, you maybe productive self sabotage is a good way to put it, but I I, I don't think I was. Frankly, that intelligent. I wasn't necessarily. Oh, well, it wasn't a conscious that. choice. Not necessarily. No, 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 no. no,
1: I was sort of like. Especially at twenty-two, you know. Yeah, no, right, right. See, I think Brandon right. and I
2: could
0: totally relate to that because we were kind of in the same boat. I mean, when you say, you know, like you were always doing your thing. I, I was, was always
1: doing stuff on the side, but I was working at Kinkos or Jimmy John's or whatever. Person would give me right. a job, and then sure. just like I waited job. tables
0: and bartended for most of my. Like I just went back to school at age thirty. You know, and Killer. I'm just wrapping it up now because I was like, you know, maybe I don't want to live in the fucking bar. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like it, it Absolutely. It's, but, but I definitely, you know... What are you going to school for? Communication studies with a business minor.
2: That, that so all checks out. Right? Something yeah, I can... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, cool. I mean,
0: I would have loved to have been an English major or a uh, liberal arts, but I'm like, eh, I kind of want something on the resume that might lend to something Trust else for us
2: to me I understand you know yeah.
0: but it's studio
2: arts degree you are it, officially capable of doing nothing right
0: right like, it's yeah. it's it's so tricky because um and I'm sure you guys would agree like being a creative person like it's always been hard for creative people always throughout the history of recorded history it's always been hard for creative people, but it's especially
2: hard now. <laughs> yeah, because to make a living off of it, yeah to, make, yeah, to feed yeah. your kids on a, you know being a creative person is, is without the soul shit. sucking side of it. for right, sure. Right. You know what I mean. Like, and God bless. Them. First of all, I'm a huge fan of well done advertising. I'm a huge right. fan of well done web design, and I'm a huge fan of of you know fashion design and all that. And that's all creative, and and that's it's spectacular. But those are almost like. Shoot for the moon, yeah. Not starving artist jobs, you right. know what I mean. We're
0: not all going to be Mad Men. No, yeah, like no. it's like, like <laughs> nobody's going to be Mad Men. <laughs> no. again, you know, like as much just, as I'd love yeah. to be Don Draper, oh, well, and we come were. on, let's just right. be honest.
2: Who wouldn't? Right. Jesus Christ. I um, kind of wish he would have turned out to be DB Cooper, like that weird. Oh, I know. Movie. Yeah. Dude, fucking right I fucking So, so I was. It was a great the, ending, but the, that was dope.
1: Well, I was watching the last episode, and I was like, "How the fuck are they going to wrap this show up?" I know. It was like the last. Five minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, now yeah. I get it. it was I was like a little up. disappointed at first, but then I was like, oh, that's all pretty clever. But
0: yeah, yeah. You, you know, the whole thing about that show that I thought was we're gonna talk about Mad Men for a second. Um, that I thought was so interesting is number one, it was so well cast, you we, know, and the set design was amazing. The whole reason me. to watch it, I seriously, for me, I mean, visually, so incredible, so pretty, but it really. It really delved into the um, intermeshing of art and commercialization and, like, showed how that played out. And, Brandon, I think you actually turned me on to Mad Men, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, like, even though it, you know, it's in the 50s and 60s, it still seemed very relevant to, like, what I do for a living. Sure. Like, I I just had, like, a ton of interest in just, like, the advertising side of it and how... Spot on, and like actually, like they were working with real clients that you know, um, Lucky Strike and right and that type of stuff, airlines, and just kind of yeah, yeah, airlines and stuff that was huge back then, like yeah, Lucky Strike and Pan Am and all that stuff. It was just like very interesting how well they did it because it's a fake company and a fake sh- like it's a TV show, but it was still like very relative to like what was actually going on in that era and, and just to the to the business in general it just yeah so I loved good. it I mean a lot of people were you know
2: it's fucking boring and it takes forever but the thing about it <laughs> thing speaking about of though, boring and it takes forever we're talking like about a five year old television show <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: but I uh, you know but yeah but like the thing with like Mad Men though is that they did a the really good job of like the character development so like the reason I felt like it took so long is that it was spending so much time on actually like getting to know one out of like twenty characters, yeah. You're yeah. Like getting to know their behi- like Their everything. motivations, yes. how they got there, yeah. Their yeah. personality, like who they are, everything. And so like that was like the cool thing that like a lot of shows don't do, and I think why some people found it popular, why some people hated it, but I, I thought it was a great show. It was so the best good.
2: looking character study of all time. Absolutely. Oh, so excellent. Cool yeah. Sorry. Okay, so
0: you um all right, so where'd we leave off? At? I I
1: have some questions. Go. so. You're at villains. Yeah. Is Jonna at
2: villains? She was already there. Okay. Jana, my business. I guess it's like of... meeting
1: meeting Jana and then kind of deciding when it was like time to.
2: Yeah. So yeah. that I mean there there's there's some stuff to that story but um, so, so, I mean I ultimately the 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 uh, the long and the short of it is, um, that I was at villains for nearly three years um, from 97 to right about the, the beginning of 2000. And, and so when I started, Jana had already been there. She would kill me cause I don't remember, but I think she's been there. She would been there for two or three years maybe already. So she's tattooed, um, now 23, 24 years. Um, and when I went into that shop, you know, she and I didn't, just didn't have much in common. We you know it wasn't, anything against her my best friend at the time worked
0: there do you mean artistically or just personally just, just in general, general. Yeah. yeah
2: i mean she was 10 years older she's 10 years older than i am um she had far more going for her in her life you know mm. i was basically trying to make as much money between the hours of 12 and 8 so that i could more or less drink till 4 and then shake it off and be back there at noon like that was my whole goal in life at the time. And then, you know, maybe uh, you know, put some drawings together in the meantime. <laughs> and uh and and she was just in a different headspace, right? You know, owned a home, had a kind of a life going or a, you know, good solid relationship, you know, she was in her early 30s. So she was just in a different spot. And so we just didn't have a ton in common. Um and we approached things very differently too, you know, like I was um I don't know, I, and I've, this wouldn't be the first time I was ever accused of it. But I, I was a self-centered and conceited person who thought he knew everything, and I was going to make tattooing come to me. Sure. here I was, this you know artiste who had some knowledge on the the art side of things. Like I came from, yeah, you know, a, a place of like watercolor painting is sort of what I focused on the most, even in college. And so I thought I was going to change how you know tattooing was done. I know you, you in order to make a dark red you don't just add black. You add like a green or something like that to give you a real richness that actually doesn't exist. You know. And 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 that's all horse shit when it comes to tattooing. It's fucking wrong all of it. Like it's black and then red, and that's just how it works in tattoos because it's not the subtlety of paper and blah 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 blah. Because ink
0: behaves differently
2: than paint. Well, the and in skin, is, the medium's yeah, totally different. Sure, right, yeah, sure. yeah, no, it's totally different. And and so here I was thinking I had it all, you know, figured out, and you know, and I didn't, and none of us did. I mean, the if I'm being honest, and and honestly, if the people um, who were around at that time were being honest, none of us had any. Fucking idea! What we were doing. We we're all learning from the very, 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 very ground floor. It was all more or less self taught. I actually worked with a guy that uh, got a
1: tattoo from you while, while you were at villains. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And it's I haven't a seen that shit, show. but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Think, I just remember like telling you about it, you're dude. Like, yeah, I. I haven't come in at
2: all. This this is the greatest, this is the greatest example. One of the very first big tattoos I ever did. I still, for the life of me, can't figure out why he got it. A kid came in and he got old English letters as big as I could fit them, which was like four inches tall across his whole shoulders. And they said, ever liner in one word. He said it was his grandmother's name. I don't know if it his grandmother like was like a semi truck, truck or exactly right. Like I, exactly like I don't know. He was maybe an Autobot or something. But anyway, like so he wanted Everliner across his whole back, and some of this won't mean anything to you. But <laughs> he was an
1: Autobot.
2: <laughs> so like so there were, we used for a fine line in some tattoos. You would use something that's like a five liner. That's five little needles. They all come together as a point in a point like a pencil. Right. Sure. That was the only needle that the tattoo shop at that time told me was available to use for anything. And what year are we talking here? This was 97. I mean, we're very literally like the owner operator at the time. No offense to him personally, but, you know, he didn't come from tattooing. He came from a different, uh, from a different background. And, and the, the people with the most experience there had learned from another tattooer who just happened to work there and was no longer there. Okay. And his knowledge was already fully incomplete. Like, there was no knowledge there, really. So we were all just kind of fiddle-fucking around, making it up. We have no idea. So a five-liner is the equivalent of you using your ballpoint pen and trying to fill in four-inch-tall black Old English letters across somebody's shoulder. Poor guy. It's a full day. A full fucking day of, like, just... Shredding this human. You know, like, I don't yeah. know what. I mean, his skin had to have been like wet cray paper by the end, you know, it was just brutal. And I had no idea what I was doing. You know? Two and rolls
0: of paper towels later.
2: Dude, I outlined the thing. I was like, There's gotta be a fucking better way. You're like I mean, I was just that far into it, you sure, know? And sure. and I was brand new, so everything took ten times longer than it should. And I mean, if you told me I had to fill in that thing same tattoo today with a five liner, I'd tell you you're crazy, you know? Sure. But I did it. I just forged through and we both suffered and he suffered way more. And uh um and like that's how little we knew at the time and uh, you know I, and so we just knew that we had to go out into the world and, and like seek out what was like, cause people weren't putting on the tattoos I was seeing in magazines with five liners. They just weren't. Right. You know, so we had to go out and that's when I went to like San Francisco to, um, one of the original, the best, still the best tattoo conventions that, that were ever put on were a JD Crow production called Tattoo Tour. They're fucking phenomenal. And, uh. I saw some of the most amazing stuff I'd ever seen. I got tattooed and I sort of just sat there and kind of gave myself a little mini apprenticeship while I got tattooed by a guy whose work I really admired. And I looked at it and was like, what are you using there? Like, oh, this needle's called a magnum. Like, what? You know, like the brain splits in half and, you know, like I just had no idea what was going on. I found out how little I knew in one long weekend. And so then I started traveling, getting tattooed and just apprenticing myself by watching. Sure. And, uh... So yeah, the tattoo shop. I, I I've already digressed, and I don't remember the original question. But yeah, no, there's no uh, original question. Neither, Keep yeah. rolling. Yeah, so <laughs> that that's sort of where we ended up. And Jonna and I found kind of a, a at least an appreciation for each other. You know, like we she left me alone, I left her alone. You acquired
0: some mutual respect. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I okay, so like you guys were super different. Do you think that your differences maybe um, resulted in productivity? Or maybe resulted. Yeah. yeah,
2: resulted in success because you For sure. Yeah. For sure. Like her strengths are absolutely my weaknesses. My strengths are at, at least she would admit some of my strengths are some of her weaknesses. Yeah. We really do work well together for that reason. Um the yin and the yang, for sure. Yeah, Oppices a little that. bit. We are we are opposites in a lot of ways, for sure. And honestly, that's what keeps it interesting for me. I mean, I, I hate—I would hate to fucking work with me every day. You know, what I mean, like if it was just me all day long, in a private studio or something. Like, I need a little bit of the—I need, I need a little bit of the tug and you know, the tug of war in, in every aspect, whether it's business or, or interpersonal relationships or art styles and all that stuff. I need—I need a little bit of the the conflict in order to make yeah. it interesting on a daily basis. Pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> right, <laughs> That's how it works. Right, 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 yeah. Music commentary back
1: and forth between tattoo artists. I don't know. There's always like someone listening to the one oh, thing yeah, I don't know. If you ever get tattooed look at Liquid Courage, there's always dude combating weeks. music styles. Like, that old yeah. shop
2: that at Villains, like I was the fucking odd man out everywhere. Like the the old the owner was an older guy, John was, an, was older. Um I actually started hiring the new tattooers almost immediately after I started there. I don't know how that worked out exactly, but I ended up. Hiring they were like, Jason "Hey, young Brown. guy, you're you're in touch." <laughs> well, and they're sort of like, uh, you, you, you like you care apparently a little bit, <laughs> right. and uh, you you can obviously tell what's sort of good in art and what's not." And so, I mean, I hired Jason Brown, who's with uh, with us at Liquid Courage. I hired him. I hired a guy named um, Adam Rosenthal, who's doing great for himself in Denver at a place called Think Tank. Um, they, I mean, I didn't have anything to do with how they became great. That was on them. Sure, but I hired them based on the artwork that they produced, even back then. And uh, I don't know. It was just a, it was a, it was kind of a funny time because we were just <laughs> making it all up. Like we had no idea what the hell was going on. You know. Oh, that's the best. So what happened? What
0: happened to push you guys out of villains to go start you your own shop? Like right. what was? What, what was the catalyst? What, what pushed you out of that door
2: into your own door? Well, all right. So there'll be a little controversy here probably at some point, depending on who listens to this. But I have never been good at not being the boss. I never have. Like I've, I, 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 was, I was raised incredibly independent. And when somebody told me I had to do it their way... I just knew we weren't going to work. Sure. Um, And so from my part, I wasn't super easy to work with as a quote unquote subordinate, right? Mm -hmm. But in the tattoo industry, it's very common that you're an independent contractor. And so as an independent contractor, I've told myself ever since. I've owned my own business since I was 23 when I started tattooing because I was an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. And the, the owner of the company has a right or not to renew my contract based on our relationship. Sure. And... He, there was a there was an actual there was an actual memo, a handwritten memo handed out to everyone. And I didn't really like the I don't know. I didn't like the vibe. <laughs> yeah, the tone. you know, I didn't like the tone. That's a good that's a better word. I didn't like the tone. And I just I don't know, man, I even misread the handwritten lettering. I was like, man, you know, if my friends come to hang out. That's part of what we do here. Is we yeah. hang out, yeah. you know. Like that's a tattoo shop to me. I didn't know shit about tattoo shops, but that was a tattoo shop to me, and and that was part of the thing. I think a lot of our friends were just sort of wearing out, and we were fucking around and laughing and having a good time and not taking it very seriously.
0: Yeah. Um, so this was kind of a like. Uh a list of orders like you guys need to step in line, get your fucking friends out of here, blah, blah, blah.
2: And it's crazy that I should even remember this, but I mean, here we are 20 years later and, uh, or, or, you know, 17 years later, whatever it is. And I can remember part of the, part of the thing was just like, look, you know, I've I've let you guys run off the leash for a long long enough, and now it's time I you know I get you back on and get you kind of wrangled in, and we're gonna do it this way, or you you know, or there will be fines, or I will fine you is what I read it as, and but it actually said fire you, and when somebody Jonna was like, no that doesn't say he's gonna fine you, I was like I'm not paying this dude nothing, you know, and yeah. and uh, and when he she said uh, no I'm gonna yeah, that says I'm gonna fire you like I'll be, nah I quit. Yeah, I'm done. You know, <laughs> yeah. and so at the time, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sports nerd. Um, I, I was especially then, and I, I was just kind of drawn to the East Coast. And I thought, man, fuck it. Once again, I don't make any money. I can go be poor somewhere else. Like I'm gonna move to Boston. Okay. Oh, that's where my that's where my Boston Bruins play. I'm so just going to the Bruins. I'm just going to go watch, watch hockey road, and do tattoos. No, just a Bruins fan. My just brother. Bruins
1: is yelling on his neck. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. yeah. Oh, I so, see it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Boston is a fantastic town. It's one of my favorite North American times. cities. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, real, it's right? great food town. Great food town. I just went there
1: like eight months ago, and I was sought after a uh, lobster roll.
2: Oh, and Kelly's. Like game changer. Kelly's, I don't remember where I went. I don't remember. But you got to go to the original Kelly's. You take the, the Charlie all the way out to the end. It's called the Wonderland exit. You're going to get off and it totally looks like... Just a Boston movie set, like it's just neighborhoods. You walk along this long pebble beach for probably half a mile, and the sky is always gray, and the, <laughs> the ground's always gray. It's like any <laughs> other like Dennis Lehane <laughs> novel, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. everything's fucking gray. And then you get out there, and the single greatest like roast beef and lobster roll sandwiches ooh, you've ever had in your whole life. So yeah. I'm quadruple fisting these I fucking mean, things it's yes. Time yes. Yeah, no, they're,
1: they're the best. Yeah. So that next time you go, I want to say Kevin's, it was like lawyers.
2: Oh no, it's legal. Legal, legal seafood. Legal. I'm yeah. a legal lawyer, yes. Yeah, no, you're, like on the, you're on the so you're on one. legal oh, yeah, seafood. Yeah. That's where They're, we went. And um I've got their cookbook, it's legit, yeah. you never need to borrow it. Yeah. I,
0: I the first time uh, I went to Boston it was probably like nineteen ninety six. My my mom has friends out there, so we'd go out there every once in a while. And I had my first calzone. Ever. All right, all right. Ever. This uh, there were no calzones in Nebraska in nineteen ninety six. We didn't know what the <laughs> fuck that was. Sparrows,
1: Sparrows in the mall.
2: No, no. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you. Okay. I'm de- ma- Okay, maybe. Were you in, were you in Grand out. Island at the
2: time? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I think Zio. I don't know if they did, but I thought Zio's man. Yeah, calzones. We right. didn't have
0: Zios. Yeah. Maybe Soparos did, but I didn't fuck with it. And <laughs> I I went there and we went to a tiny little pizza shop that my you know my my mom's friends were like oh this is the shit and I had a calzone and my fucking head exploded. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my heart exploded
2: <laughs> at the same time right. that my head exploded. Right, right, but right. amazing.
0: So you go to Boston. Yeah.
2: Well, no, that's the, that's the crazy part. I didn't go. You didn't go. I didn't go. Um, I so, I'm sitting around and I don't remember where the owner was or anything like that. And John and I are talking. And I was like, I, I'm I, one of two things is happening. I'm leaving Omaha entirely, or I'm going to just start my own tattoo shop, which was the worst fucking idea. Of all time Like a three year tattooer has no business owning a tattoo shop And a three year tattooer with as little knowledge as I had at the time There wasn't any YouTube where you can accidentally learn how yeah, to do everything sure, right. There wasn't any of that shit Like I, I mean I was learning but I was truly learning Like I did not oh, the know The seat
1: of your pants right You're Yes just
2: Yes crying. absolutely Like I was, I was truly learning I had no idea what I was doing really And I was like, I'm going to open up my own tattoo shop if, you know, worst case scenario. And John was like, "Uh, what? I'm not staying here. You know, like, I'm going to open my own shop. And very literally looked at each other, well, that's stupid. Like, why would we open two separate tattoo shops and compete with each other? Sure. And so I looked into it. It took about two seconds of research to find out that Massachusetts and Boston in particular still had not legal, re-legalized tattooing. So that wasn't even a fucking option. But yeah, to maybe
1: talk about about that, I mean, the legalization of tattooing is like, I mean, it's a. It's a fairly really, recent. That's thing. a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when, Even maybe, like San Francisco and. Fucking America and
0: our puritanical. Well, <laughs> so here's Archaic the thing: is,
2: largely up. there wasn't laws, yeah. previously, right? There okay. just wasn't laws. And then my understanding of it, and my understanding is probably uh, at least, uh, uh, um, you know, not f- fully fleshed out. But my understanding is that there was a large outbreak of whether it was. Um, hepatitis or something else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right around the era of the uh, the Korean War, as sailors were coming back. So, I mean, there was tons of tattooing happening in New York and the Bowery and all that yeah. for all those years prior. It's well documented. All this amazing tattooing and 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 so a lot of coastal cities outlawed it, right around these big outbreaks. And uh, New York City, I was in New York City in two thousand or two thousand and one. It was still illegal in New York City in the city. Hmm. We, you know, the five of us from Omaha, Nebraska were the most heavily tattooed people we saw in the whole city. In wow. New York, wow. right? Crazy. So, um, in the 2000s? In 2000 yeah. or 2001, yeah. Yeah, still so, a Whatever year it was. And uh, and so so Boston hadn't come back around on it. Um, I think the Carolinas hadn't come back around on it. I mean, Oklahoma just legalized tattooing. In Arkansas, maybe. No, le- Oklahoma just legalized tattooing, I want to say, in two thousand. Five or no eight eight shit. shit. Yeah, I mean it, it's crazy. I no but idea. it, yeah, but
0: it was okay. more of a health concern. That that's their at least basis. on the coasts. That's that was their basis for illegalization, or you know, the prevention yeah. of licensing
2: yeah. was. A I mean, Oklahoma, concern. if I'm honest, it might have been more of a puritanical thing. But I, a, but yeah. you know, like I don't. But, know, but under you know, the guise of, of under the guise of health or, or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure about which that, is
0: so but. counterintuitive because it's like okay, you don't want to put licensing involved and people are going to do it in their basement and yeah. people are going to get sick and yeah. have Even more worse, than yeah.
2: likely shitty tattoos. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, I mean, people are still trying to outlaw abortion, right? So anyway, with that in mind, like, um, you know, we, you know, so we kind of just came to this weird moment where it's like, well, that's stupid. And I obviously can't go to Boston. I hadn't researched it at all. Um, and, uh, um, <laughs> And so we, we started talking about it. And when I finally, Jason was the only other tattooer at the shop. So it was Jonna um, McCreary, myself, Jason Brown, who were working at this tattoo shop with the owner, Seth. and ultimately, like, honestly, I have no hard feelings towards Seth. He gave me my start in the industry. Like, without him, I wouldn't be doing what I love so much. And he and I, I believe from my end, have totally buried the hatchet. We see each other in public. It's totally, you know, like, it's, it's over. You know, like, I don't have any issues with him. Um, but at that time, I sat down with Jonna and Jason must have overheard and was like, what? Oh, well, you guys are going? Like, I'm not, I don't want to stay here, you know? Like, I don't want to just be the only one here, you know?
0: Yeah. And he was
2: a young guy. Like I was 23. Well, no, at this point I would have been 25, 26. So yeah. So Jason was, uh, Jason was young, and he was, you know, he didn't want to be the the, the guy left behind. So ultimately, what happened is uh, we decided we were going to walk. We were going to leave. And uh, our contracts all said that we would give 30 days notice. So we did the right thing. We gave it uh, in person. We all walked in, gave the owner, sat down with the owner, and just said like, hey, here's the deal. Um, we're all going, and he did the smart thing. He's not an idiot. He did the smart thing and said, "Like, cool. but well, then you're going to work for another thirty days. Like, why would I lose the revenue? You know." Sure. And he did the smart thing, and 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 we fulfilled our uh, thirty days like we were supposed to do because we're not cowards, and um, so we did that, and uh, and then and then we and then we left. Um, we actually even started to train a couple of our replacements oh. as we were leaving, and good people. Matter of fact, I ended up working with one of them for years later. Uh, he came over to liquid courage years later and his name is Jerry McCruise. He's still tattooing in town.
0: I know Jeremy Cruz actually. Um,
2: but, uh, so you guys,
0: you left and you decided we're going to start our own shop. We're in this together. Hence the birth of Liquid Courage. Yep. Where did yeah. the name
2: come from? I mean, we all
1: know what Liquid Courage I mean, is. Yeah, no, so the, the right name, yeah, ahead. right. <laughs> <It's> synonymous. <laughs> right. right. Well,
2: you know, the funny thing about Liquid Courage is I. <laughs> I was thinking I was being clever, and it turns out it's just the fucking worst name in the world. <laughs> like, I, I once saw a, a documentary about the Foo Fighters, and the, the ending of the documentary is when they were recording Wasting Light, I think. At the ending of the documentary, the, the, the credits are rolling, and somebody is just like, hey, Foo Fighters. And, and Dave Grohl just says, like, if I knew that Foo Fighters was going to be around this many years later, I would, not have, ne- I would have never named it. It's the worst fucking name ever. And, the, and that's the end of the whole film. You know, yeah. and I feel that way just because you know, twenty three year old me feels differently than I did then. And we thought we were being clever. Um, it was in the nineties, and so the the thing was is like a guy would come in and get his first tattoo, and it'd be this little thing on his upper arm. And then he was the guy who'd cut all of the the you know the sleeves off his shirt for the rest of his life. Sure, you know, <laughs> and, and then he'd go into the bar and start fights with everybody. You know, right. like the sort of like liquid courage was in this case. The liquid courage was the the ink or the pigment, right? Mm-hmm. Like you come in, you're like sh- you can show off who you are. You like it gives you a courage and power to outwardly express your inner person, right? Yeah. It's far more like I don't know c- cerebral than the stupid fucking name that it is. It's got a ring to it though, well, man. That's cool. and also <laughs> also is, in yeah. Omaha, not, you
1: say Liquid Courage, everyone knows exactly what you're. But right, it sure right. as shit,
2: sounds like a fucking bar. Like it's just a dumb name for a tattoo it's shop. Actually, yeah. I mean, no, and I, I mean, I. I definitely spend, I mean, I not not once a week anymore or anything like that, but people will come in and just, you know, we now we have a shop in Benson's, Sailor's Grave, it's been there for seven years, and people walk into that place like, oh, part of Liquid Courage, well, you know what I'm talking about, I'm going to run next door and get some Liquid Courage, you know, like, I hear it every time, oh, and, and it's, it's not the end of the world, like, it's a funny joke, yeah. fine, but, I mean, it's not funny, it's a little bit of like a hashtag, but well, also, it's a little <laughs> rough. Don't
1: drink when you get tattooed, it thins your blood and you bleed out.
2: And honestly, you're probably just becoming an obnoxious dick. So so you guys, you guys started
1: Liquid Courage.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, what was the...
2: To answer Brandon's question. Sure, sure. I stole the name off of an album cover, um, a band called... Fuck, I I shouldn't have even started this story because I can't remember. Oh, look at that. Blood for Blood, maybe? Or no, Working Class. There was like a working class, like hardcore band. I I think it was called Working Class. Yeah. Yeah, and, um... And I, I think it was called like a double shot of Liquid Courage. Originally, the Liquid Courage was going to be called Inkwell, okay, which also was a kind of a clever thing, right? Sure, Inkwell. I dip uh-huh. in the ink, and we do it all right, except okay. we were really not very good at it. So, <laughs> so we went with Liquid Courage instead. Yeah. At initial, the time, it was very much. Did
0: good. you guys have initial success with Liquid Courage? I mean, did you have a following that went? I mean, how long did it take you to become what you guys are now? As far and, as and long time. I
1: can speak to that a little bit too because I remember when I first moved here, I was working at. Wait, Sam, year was that? Uh, 2004, I think. Mm-hmm. I graduated 2003, went to college for a little bit, and then I moved here in 2004. And I remember, and I was thinking about this story uh, before you came over today, but I was working at Sam's Club with my friend Tom Flaherty that we've talked about, oh, and yeah. a few other friends. Um, but my friend uh, Shannon, I was just like, I am going to get tattooed again, you know, like I got tattooed tattooed a few times in grand island i've got most of those covered up now (laughs) uh uh, but anyways um i was like where do you go in town and she's like well you should check out liquid courage and i remember going into the location it was 84th and center correct correct? yeah the frederick
2: square plaza yeah
1: yeah and going to the 84th and center and talking to you and that's where we talked about this sleeve that i have and um yeah, I mean the rest is history. Now my yeah. entire body is completely covered. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and most of it from from our shop. And, oh, our I mean really actually, well done. all of it. it I actually, am,
1: I would say more than half of my body is covered from Devin specifically, and then the other little bit is from Andrew. Yeah, awesome. you're the only person that's yeah, like, dude.
2: It's cool. I, I that's such a weird thing for me, and it's awesome. It's the greatest thing in the world, but. Um, and it's cool when a guy like you has like a good eye because you bring me you know like cool images to work with and that sort of stuff but like it's such an interesting thing to think I remember the first tattoo I ever drew myself I even let my buddy, Manice, who was a more experienced tattooer than me, I let him put it on. Okay, But I drew it myself, you know. And I watched somebody walk out the door. I was like, that dude's wearing one of my fucking drawings <laughs> yeah, for the man. rest of his fucking life. And this is yeah. insane, you I know. know? It's, it's a little <laughs> different
0: than painting a painting. Like, that hangs in somebody's living room or whatever. Like, yeah. this, that is your skin. skin, right? skin right. Right? Well, and, right. and you know? it's just another body. side
1: note, too. I remember um, sitting at Liquid Courage with Devin and talking about, I was like, I want to get a chest piece or a torso piece and I was like I don't really know what I want I was like what is something you wanted to get tattooed or what something you wanted to tattoo on someone so I have a uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse tattooed on my entire torso (laughs) based off of Devin and I chat. I have no like it's no like relevance to me and it's so dope but yeah it's one of those things where like there is a painting hanging up in Liquid Courage. If you want to buy it, Christmas. Um, right. They they've got some original art. Um, yeah. But that piece is now forever on my body, my entire torso from like neck to like. Yeah, yeah, your waistline, yeah, yeah It's waistline a full, it's a full,
2: for, full so, front. Yeah.
0: I mean, you mentioned Sailor's Grave. Let's talk about your your spots, man. So, Liquid Courage is off, obviously, the focal point of this conversation. But you also have a shop, uh, somewhat of a um, a sister location in yeah. Benson, Sailor's Grave, which mm. is just a limb of Liquid Courage, right? What's the
2: difference between Liquid Courage and Sailor's Grave? So that actually dovetails back to your earlier question, like. When did we become, uh, uh, you know, busy? Right? Sure. So early on, we knew right off the bat we were going to have to hire somebody extra if we got busier, right? We we weren't super busy to begin with. We, it took three to five years, honestly, okay. if if I'm being real honest, before we were regularly booked. There was a lot of downtime. But You got busy around. by
0: doing good ass work. Like people I, were talking. That's how
2: that, I think we got. We did we did good ta- We did good enough tattoos at the time, and, I, and I'm being honest because on a, if. if If I'm being honest, I'm not saying like everything I did back then would light the world on fire, Um, but I'm not embarrassed of my work at that time. Well, to speak on it too, though,
1: you guys were, I remember when I went in, it was like one of the only custom shops in town, though, right? It was the first,
2: it was the first only custom shop in the city okay, and that's deba- Some people, somebody yes. will somebody will debate me with that and I will debate them all night long but yeah. we were the first shop where we didn't have any images hanging on the wall yeah. to be completely honest like that's it's just it was just little secret behind the curtain every time behind the curtain time we're poor We did not have the money to fill the walls with flash designs. Those are the pre-made tattoo designs, right? Right. We didn't have the money to do it. And so we're like, hey, guess what? We're an all-custom shop. We're going to hand-draw every fucking thing that walks through the door. Because, frankly, we can do it better. We we, we can't necessarily do it better than the flash that exists. But what we can do is we can offer it differently, right? So when every single time, the difference wasn't our quality. It was our service. Right. So, Jonna came from a retail background. I came from a retail background. Prior to construction background. Jason uh, came from a retail background. You knew how to work
0: with people. We knew how to work with
2: people and honestly I think what made us busy early was more the fact that we were not ultra cool guys. Mm -hmm. We weren't tough guys or cool guys. We were like uh, a girl... On, and two comic book nerds. And one Star Wars nerd and another comic book Star Wars nerd. Right. Like, who the fuck are we? No muchismo. No one's, no, no no. one's going to come through the door and we're going to be That's like... they want, though. Big arms crossed across our chest like, what do you want? You know, I'm fucking this tiger. You hold the tail. Like, I'm not yeah. that guy. I was never that guy. <laughs> you know, like... Which
0: tribal design oh. do you want? Right,
2: yeah. They, nothing it, against tribal
0: tattoo. Just it's,
2: a, it's a, a reference. Yeah. No, nothing at all. Yeah, I've got a couple. <laughs> but with that in mind, like, they're... they're You know, it was customer service is what got us busy. Yeah. And so as we grew, as we became busier, as people were being booked a week or two or three or four in advance, we started to notice that like a lot of our, even our regular customers or people who had heard about us from friends or something like that, they would come through and they'd be like, hey, I want to get my very first tattoo or I want to get an additional tattoo, but it's not Mm -hmm. very big. Like, cool. would love to do that for you. Um, What are you doing six weeks from now? And they're just kind of like, well, I don't know, hopefully having a tattoo for five and a half weeks. You know what I mean? Like, they were just like, I don't want to wait for a nickel-sized tattoo for six weeks. That's stupid. And so early, early, early on, we started thinking of, like, what are we going to do? And the first um, iteration of Sailor's Grave opened at Liquid Courage. Okay. In the old location. Um, As we grew, we actually split. And, and across the oh, hallway. yeah, that was the hallway. I yeah. remember that, yeah. So it was 2936 South 84th and 2962 South 84th. Okay. And they were right across the hall from each other in this back little weird hallway over in Frederick Square.
1: Currently, it's where Mangelson's is, if people don't have reference. It's across yeah. the street from Mangleson's. Correct. Yep. Sure. To I to remember the West. going yep. there very often, but
2: yeah. I think there's like some sort of Christian bookstore in that area, like right in the corner of Frederick Square. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But. So the plan was that we are going to hang the flash we couldn't afford at the beginning. We are going to hang that at the new side. Right. And that side was going to be the walk-in side. Right. Right? And people were going to come and they were just going to get the little stuff. They were going to get flash and we were going to work real hard for them in the custom side doing the bigger pieces and that sort of stuff. Sure. And that was the idea. And it absolutely fucking did not work because we were called Liquid Courage, right? And we Mm. were 14 feet away from the other shop. Called Liquid Courage doing the same thing as Liquid Courage. People will be like, "Yeah, but I I just want to make an appointment with Jana today." Like, "Yeah, but she's at the walk-in studio." Like, "No, but you don't." I want to sleep Wrong one, like or something like that. Well, there was a disconnect yeah.
0: with your customers as far as what they were anticipating, and and they there was a disconnect as as far as what their service was implying.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's called the same thing, right? They would expect the same thing. Sure. Because they're smart and we were stupid. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and so really that's how it went. And, and ultimately what it just turned into is what that was the other side where we put more people. Right. It ultimately just became like Liquid Courage. And we knew that that, that was the first attempt mm. and it didn't work. Um, then in uh, 2007, 2007, we bought a building and that's where we're at now. The, 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 the Liquid Courage location at 809 South 75th. And when we bought that building the place the shop was pretty close to full i I mean pretty close to full quickly we started with maybe seven artists we have room for nine ten we pushed it to 11 at one point we had 11 tattooers under one roof and that's when in 2007 john and i were like okay let's talk about this walk-in thing again because now Mm -hmm. we're not talking about five three four five weeks we're talking about seven or eight or nine tattooers being booked a month in advance right and or way more, you know, like, or, or, or you sometimes, know, yeah, eight, sometimes six months eight, at that eight, time, yeah, you know? Half a year. Yeah. And so it was really crazy. And so people would, you know, our reputation w- was, was thankfully growing just from word of mouth. And, um, and, uh, and so that's when we tried the sailor's grave thing. And, uh, and we knew we wanted it to be in Benson, our good friends, uh, uh, um, Mark Lee Woodson and and Jim Johnson had, had just opened, um, uh, the waiting room there. And that was like, that in, in my opinion to this day is the is the anchor for oh that's what, absolutely what Benson. why Benson that's, is yeah Benson. right that's yeah, why that's Benson true. is Benson. Before we bought eight oh nine, we almost bought what is now Lovers Luxuries, right? at okay. the, the Ace Hardware store. Yep. And it was going for a song, like ninety grand. And if you've looked into real estate Woo! in Benson right now, that's a tenth of what the garbage Jeez. is going for. And so we almost bought that. And at the time, I was like, man, well, you know, it's, we're not really ready to make that investment because it yeah. needed a bunch Nobody of work. Nobody was you know? there. Right, nobody was there. And so it was like... And it's a massive space, too. It's a massive space, and it needed a lot of work. There were issues. And it was, that that's a whole side piece that doesn't really matter. But um, we were there, we knew we wanted to be in Benson. And so when Jim came to us and said, like, Hey, I bought this building, and this little tiny hole opened up. Like, it's available now. you have any ideas? Like, dude, give me the lease.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to sign
2: it right now. And Jonna and I have this idea and the and uh, the idea is strictly we're going to keep liquid courage more or less appointment only and the, that's where we're going to get some bigger stuff done and then we're going to rotate all of us who are interested in working on the walk-in basis we're going to rotate every couple weeks so you just spend two weeks at sailors grave in benson and so the rotation of artists changes all the time and that was jonna and i and jason too like sort of hearkening back to our old days, right? When we did a lot of walk-ins of yeah. villains and it was fun and it was just like you go sit on the couch during the day and see what walks in and attack it and and, and have a good time with it. Yeah. But, and I think but that's... Even, but even still, you'll have lines waiting. On that's sure. a newer thing. But yeah, boy, it, it worked out really well. Really I think out that's
0: out a, that's definitely noteworthy that, um, that Sailor's Grave is an extension of Liquid Courage. You're not getting the B team. You're getting people from the A-team or the team as a whole.
1: Devin's there currently. There I mean, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like if you want to get something by Devin, it's first come, first serve. But you can get that quality but get it like instant rather than waiting six right. to eight months. To right, meet. So you it's – and yeah. I,
0: I don't know, man. Like uh, I think that's – what what I can gather from all this is, uh, you know, you guys have a sense of ethics in, in your work and in your relationship with clients that is somewhat unique in my experience to the world of tattooing. I mean I have tattoos, you know, and yeah. I and it's it's uh I think that's I think that's lent to you guys being best of Omaha thirteen years in a row or what you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think it's lent yeah. to your popularity and your success is the fact that you put your customers right in the same
2: category as the
0: work itself.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I mean, anyone who does anything different, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, you know, how many tattoos I get to do with no customers? Fucking zero. Zero. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I starve tomorrow. You know, like, right. and then, there's no guarantee. You know, how many people got? You know, we came really close in 2008, right? Like a, a huge like national like recession, right? You know how I many people got tattooed during the depression? Nobody. Oh, you know, right. like I came really close to losing everything had it gone that route, right? And 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 so like I'm truly, truly thankful every single day for the people who wanna come give me money to put it's little drawings that. on. Like I found that I mean, this this job taught me everything. Like, I stopped judging books by their cover, literally. Like, people would walk through the front door, and I'd be like, oh, this grease fire. You right, know what I mean? Right. And they turn out to be my best friends in tattooing. You know, like, right. they're really fun, wonderful people from all walks of life. I meet people from all walks of life. I meet... I'm here. here only because I, my friend <laughs> I met through tattooing. Exactly. He was like,
1: "Look at this fucking grease fire." Yeah, Look at This dickhead. No, no, for real. Like, I,
2: I mean, I owe everything. I met my wife tattooing her. My best friend in Omaha. I met from tattooing. Like, the it's awesome. Every single thing I have, I owe to tattooing, and, and, and it is still that way today. Like, nothing has changed. I haven't done anything different. I haven't done anything more. I haven't earned anything more than what the the public gives me. Sure.
1: So, okay. Well, I'm also trying not to get, like, too, like, gushy or anything. but so you know, <laughs> You know, it's the thing is, like, meeting Devin and getting tattooed by Devin, like, over the last, like, ten years, my life has changed tremendously and I've met so many great friends and people along the way that, like, it's all because of what? meeting Devin, like, and having him tattoo me, but then after that meeting, uh, you know, countless other people, like, in the mix of it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today, partly, if it wasn't for It's like, a community uh, of artists. Yes, I mean, it's it like-minded
0: yeah. people yeah. that are that have their head in the same space that are cheering each other on. You know, I mean, that's right. 99% of the reason why we do this podcast <laughs> is because yeah. we want to celebrate that kind of, I don't even want to call it a community because I think it's bigger than that. Well, you know?
1: and we said it too, like, you know, in, in the podcast with Sharon too, but, you know, once you Sharon involved, worked with us. Yeah, I know. And we, we talked, talked about to it. In the show. We talked about yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it's she one she was awesome. awesome. I wish she'd never left. It's one of those things where she's doing great. I'm proud of her. She once, is. She's awesome. Once you like become a part of that, like I felt like I instantaneously like had like ten or fifteen new family members. Like, sure. It's it, you know, it's not just like a, an acquaintance thing. It's like there's like a support group, and we all support their husbands and their wives and their children. And well, and I think there's the so absence. many bigger things that like. Uh, The absence of the cool guy shit.
0: You know what I mean?
2: And who am I going to convince I'm fucking cool? Right? No, we're all the same boat. Yeah, know what We're all nerds. English Premier League. I gave up. I mean, how <laughs> yeah. cool must I
0: be? You know? I mean, Did I bought Brandon a Batmobile for our 500th <laughs> download? Oh, you know, like, yeah. like, right. like that's that's where we that's right. where we sit. You know, so yes. let's just drop it, which is way easier to do as an older person. Oh yeah, you sure. Know? Yeah, but more
1: confident in yourself. And I do look more tough because of. You guys do, um, you guys are pretty scared. Dude, I
2: started getting old and fat. I didn't want to fight anybody. You know what I mean? Like I better look tough so I don't have to fight anybody. (laughs) That was the whole concept. Yeah. But okay, so let's let's
0: let's change some gears here. Let's (laughs) let's change some gears. So I want to talk to you. This is something that Brandon and I have talked about before. Uh, so the tattoo shows, the the TV shows, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, there's the okay. I mean, Brandon can, has
2: heard all of these rants before, so he's going to be well. The,
0: the the Omaha talkers haven't heard. It. Yeah. So you um, you are a career tattoo artist. You own that. This is your life. This is your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. What do you think? As far as you turn on fucking TLC.
2: And Dave Navarro is talking about somebody's shitty tattoo. No. Like, what? If we're gonna start there, let's start there. Dave yeah. Navarro <laughs> get one good tattoo first, then talk to me. <laughs> right. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, like, right. just shut the fuck up. Right. You were the worst part of every band you've <laughs> yeah, ever been in yeah. since Jane's Addiction. So I don't Absolutely. really have. I mean, and from what I understand, he's a great guy, and he's just doing a job. I don't hate on him, right? But like, to sit in judgment of people's tattoos is already tacky to me, right? Um, so. All right, television. Let's just start at the beginning for me because I do don't really know where it all goes from here, but Miami Inc. is the real first popular one, right? Sure. There was a couple good ones. There was one called Tattoo Wars that nobody saw, but it was pretty cool. They give two... They give the same job... To two different styles or two different artists, and then just watch what they did, and then show more of the process and interaction with clients, and and how like uh, a guy like Nico Hurtado would take photos of a portrait of a of a young woman, and then do the portrait tattoo or something like that. And it was a great, it was a great, it was an interesting show as a tattooer. Right, it bombed because nobody gives a shit. There's no drama, right? It was just like watch a guy do. Well, that was probably too
0: real. That was probably at a time when I mean. It's worth noting that tattoo tattooing itself has become far more popular in the last god years There's
1: a TV like, show. Right? That
2: proves how popular it right. is,
1: right? Right. I will say though that Viceland has done a great job. There's oh, Tattoo man. Age. Viceland. Have you ever watched that?
2: You know what? That's I here's I'm super bad about this and sorry Pod world podcast world like I don't listen to any the podcasts. I don't watch any of the Viceland stuff. Like I'm Demons really off just the grid. Uh, No, no, no. I Brandon knows, man. Like I I I mean like I'm just resistant to change and and I just haven't gotten to it yet. And at some point I absolutely will. But the only thing about tattoo
1: t- tattoo age that's on Vice Lane that's interesting is that they touch base on like the people that are still around that were a part of the Sailor G- like uh, Eddie Yeah, the original Deutsch? Eddie Deutsch yeah. who's actually yeah. been at your shop just Twice. recently. Yeah,
2: he's done two guest spots at the shop. Oh but,
1: shit. Uh, yeah, and so wow. Eddie Deutsch, yeah, he He's a great
2: dude. Learned from what did he learn from? Well, he learned kind of on the. He's got a really interesting yeah. story. He started super young, learned on the streets, like lived homeless. He tattooed in the original Tattoo City with Ed, with Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy, Eddie, that's like, what I, he, I don't know if he would. Maybe he would say or learn from Ed, um, but um, I mean. All of that stuff is like the the the, the uh, heritage of, of a guy like Eddie Deutsch is amazing.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so like the tattoo age stuff, they touch base with these like famous tattoo artists that like kind of learn from legends in New York, in California, which were when he was talking about that was illegal back then. You know, I don't know. So that's the one good show whether it's actually relevant and actually current just, good show. Yeah, yeah, and it's but historical. there's a slew of garbage. Oh in there. yeah, no, absolutely. there's great uh, podcasts uh, absolutely.
2: though too. There's like. Uh, the oh shit, I'm gonna get this wrong, and everyone at work's gonna pass on me. <laughs> it's either lost or last. It's got to be lost. Swallow, like okay. The bird swallow, right? Um, and and that, like the bird, like let's the clarify. bird, like like the bird. Let's give it, you know. Or at least are, um, but you know, like the the uh, that's I, I believe uh, a tattooer um, from the uh, the Oakland area named uh, Scott Sylvia. Like that's his website slash podcast, and he interviews all kinds of great people, and and it's really amazing and really super interesting to tattooers. You know, I don't know if it crosses boundaries because you know. Miami, Inc. was all about, like, let's create a fake tattoo shop. And right. yeah. This is my understanding of it, right? Okay, you had to apply to TLC to get tattooed on the show. And yeah. then they show, like, you get a back piece, but it can happen over this, the length of an episode. And people who don't truly understand tattooing, they took some good and some bad from sure. every one of these shows. And Miami, Inc., and, uh, and it's, like, ilk, did more good for me. Okay. personally sure. than it did bad
0: because it maybe showed like the like you're not a criminal it's, it's not a prison oriented yeah, exactly. thing you know not that there's anything wrong with that but it, it was more so um, people would go in there with a the story and be like I want to get this tattoo of my grandpa who passed away because he sure. meant so much? You know, there was an emotional yeah. attachment, and so it explained maybe to the status quo audience.
1: It, it definitely gave like more of like a household
0: like acceptance. Yeah, of, like, sure, yeah. And, and the
2: personalities were friendly. Yeah, they yeah. were
0: good on camera. They Chris were. Chris Garber one of the most
2: amazing tattooers you'll ever see in your. Who was that? Chris Garber. He was on okay. the original Miami Ink. He's he's one of the most amazing tattooers there is, and and all of those guys are great. Even you know, like like everyone on the show. Is, is was in, was incredibly talented I mean Nunez I think he's on my Ink Master now okay. I think he was on Miami Ink even so like the, you know the, there was a lot to that show but for me personally I was working in a tat, in a tattoo shop that called itself All Custom and it was the only one so I spent all day with people sitting there tattooing you could, I could see from the end of the waiting room from my front room, from my room. I had a window. And I kind of ran the front counter with the counter person while I tattooed. And people would walk in, and there's no pictures on the walls. Mm-hmm. And they'd look around real quickly, like a little disoriented, and they'd be like, come up to my window and I'm tattooing somebody. You know, And they'd look over and like, hey, you guys do tattoos here? Like... Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not fucking making bread, dog. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... But, no, but, we're just vaccinating people the, with these slow guns. But <laughs> it, the thing was, is, like, it, we, what we were doing was so weird and so different. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't stuff on the walls. It looked... Honestly, it looked like a bare fucking room with yeah. a couch in it. But, like, it, it just looked very different than what you expect to go into a tattoo shop. Sure. So people weren't seeing that. And so I spent the first five years at liquid courage saying like we're an all custom tattoo shop that what that means is you can bring in your own ideas or, or you can talk to us about what your meanings are and all that stuff and we can help you create something right i had to kind of spend most of my time educating people as to what a custom tattoo shop yeah. was miami stopped that i've never i haven't had to have that spiel since like uh, i never yeah. had that conversation custom tattoo was with what that show was all about it proved to you that like you don't have to go in and pick something off the wall that and trust me when i say it, i think there's nothing wrong with thing it. it's the most like one of the strongest traditions and also by the way google and pinterest is a wall right yeah, it's the bigger wall right. it's, a huge, it's the biggest point. wall on earth right. and you're just picking flash and there's nothing wrong with it like roses are classic today's modern classic is an infinity loop with a word in it and there's nothing fucking (laughs) wrong with that the amount of (laughs) roses and
1: skulls I have in my body is like (laughs) it's insane I've
2: seen more Harry Potter
0: tattoos and I didn't even know that that's what it was I missed the Harry Potter train you know I'm 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 still trying to catch up with it yeah I'm catching up with it but I was just like what is it I thought it was maybe like a sacred geometry and like <laughs> the little triangle circle thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah right. Dude, but I there's... totally thought it was
2: like an Na thing or something. You know, like it was oh like yeah, a, yeah, like an oh, kind of Anonymous like or something. Like. Right. Anyway, yeah. so but, yeah. Well, I,
0: I I don't mean to interrupt no, you. No, but, you're not. Um, this is a question that I love to ask people, um, either tattoo artists or people with tattoos. Let's talk about bad tattoos.
1: Right. Actually, like I also want to know, like, how would you explain the pain of a tattoo?
2: I have said this for 15 years. I think the outlines are the worst, and partially because they come first. Agreed. And the end of the tattoo is also tied for worst because it's the end. My torso, so I'm
1: tattooed on literally like almost all of my body. My torso and my back have been the absolute They're worst. gut-wrenching. They're yeah. absolutely yeah. the yeah. fucking so worst. Yeah. But like, they're also huge. I have to start using like numbing yeah, cream. it's so big. Right? I have to use numbing cream because <laughs> if you want me to sit longer than 30 minutes... I have to have something yeah. that's coming the pain. Well there has to be something physiologically okay. like if you you know fattier
0: areas Well I also we have, have softer it, I, tissue I think it's fattier I mean, I areas but also
1: your like organs like all your important yeah. shit is right there so you're like mine so, yeah. are on my like legs and my arms so nerve I just clusters like, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff it yeah. all matters
0: but that's the common question
2: right like, sure it is does it hurt, does it hurt? Yeah, it I yeah I don't know why if use it that doesn't hurt to ask it's, not that gonna, that question. it's not gonna last you know
0: but uh, so uh, just real quick um, Devin yeah. you've been doing this for how long you have been tattooing um,
2: I use March 23rd as my start date. I don't remember exactly. March 23rd, 97. 97. So I'm coming up on 21 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, As we wrap this thing up... Yes, sir. What advice do you have
2: for those getting tattoos? Getting tattoos. Man, I, you know... Try to have some fun with it. Like, don't put so much pressure on everything because ultimately... Where you think it will look good, get it there. Don't worry about how much it's gonna hurt, because when it's over, it stops hurting. Mm. Get it where you want it and just get something that you that maybe even just marks a moment in life for you right now. Yeah. Don't worry about what seventy year old, you know, shit. Parker's gonna think of it. Like who who gives a shit? Seventy-year-old right. Parker will deal with it later. Like, it's seventy-year-old Parker is going to look like seventy-year-old 70 Parker. Seventy-year-old Parker is not going to yeah, give a uh, shit about good the good looking, goes, <laughs> right? <laughs> but seventy-year-old Parker is yeah. also a little look more cooler. handsome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, hopefully, we all have some like Sean Connery syndrome, right? Yeah, we had some um, cool. But you know, I, I, that would be my advice: is like just try to have some fun with it. Ultimately, like, you can take everything in life too seriously, but yeah. tattoos should, at its heart, be a little fun. Yeah. It really should. If you're going to put so much pressure on yourself where, like, I have to love this 40 years from now, you're going to miss. Like, it's you just, gonna it's going to you're going to miss the mark.
1: And I, I, to speak on that, too, like, there's a lot of tattoos never. that I have on me, or I have on me that have a specific meaning, but there's also a lot of them that I've just had, like, Devin, and I've had my friend Andrew and a few other people tattoo me, just because that's something that they wanted to tattoo. It was more of an experience, or like a, like a you know, a kinmanship and like a friendship with that person of like do something you want to do and like use it as a a celebration of art that's how i get tattooed now
2: exclusively yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i get
2: tattooed by my friends so that i get a little hang time and we get to do something kinda of fun and cool and a little bit of throwaway. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of tattoos and so I've kind of gone past that thing where it all has to mean something to me and now it's just like, Yeah, you wanna do something rad, just put it's it on. Social, I've got a gap right. here, let's put it on, right? Yeah. 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 And I have a better experience getting tattooed by somebody I like than getting the world's greatest tattoo. Yeah. The world's greatest tattoo, if put on by an asshole, wouldn't be an entertaining experience. <laughs> because it's not a billboard. Yeah. Well no. You're no, not you're yeah. not
0: selling anything. No, it's no. it's it, it means to you, what it means to you—it is not, absolutely yeah.
2: interpersonal, a personal interaction. People, you, you know, always are talking about the upcoming AI and all this stuff, right? Like, what are you going to do with one day computers can do you tattoos? Like, they can't—they right. just can't. Yeah, right. I mean, they could, of course, they could make a perfect version of a drawing, and they could probably put it into your skin somehow. They'll you figure tell it out the difference. But ultimately, like, who's going to stick their arm in this pokey machine to end up with this computer-generated-looking design and not have any fun doing it? Like, they can't have the conversations and the interaction. I tell people all the time, like, as a joke, like, 80% of the charge is for the therapy or the fun or the conversations. It's 20% like of the charge is for the tattoo. We're yeah, all yeah. just here to hang out. Let's get a little social time in. Let's have a good time with it. Time with it. it is like getting your hair done. You know, yeah. And I don't see so very much, much of it. So me It's a, a short it's a, it's a
1: therapy session. Like, I mean, you have heard stories and heard various things from clients that you they would probably never tell another human being but um people very you know it's yeah. just an open it's intimate yeah, and insanely intimate. not under duress. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. torture
2: doesn't work apparently but like they're not telling you under duress they're just opening up like they're just having an experience and if you can make them feel even remotely comfortable with you as a person yeah you'll have fun Absolutely. And ultimately, you will have a good remembrance of that tattoo. A great tattooer, uh, uh, like a great ambassador for tattooing, and a, and a great guy, just a, a kind of a fun and interesting uh, old-timer. His name's Lyle Tuttle. He's famous for tattooing... Um, uh, I've lost it. Anyway, he's famous for tattooing... Um, Several people, but he, he ran uh, tattoo shops in San Francisco in the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, all the way through, and he was on the cover of Rolling Stone. I think in 1970, he was running for president with his dog as vice president. Beautiful, yeah, yeah it's just hilarious. He hey, should have hey, ran in 2016, right? Right, might have won. won. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. probably more qualified. So, yeah, uh, with that, with all that in mind, like he, um, he always said, like tattoos, like stickers on your luggage. If you take it like that, you're gonna have fun with it. Yeah. Like today is I'm I'm marking my 18th birthday with this tattoo that you maybe don't love today, Parker. But you you know like if you look at it and you say like man, that's where I was when I was 18. Exactly. Then it's fine.
0: That's why it's still there. That's why it's still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I mean, we, you can't erase your own history. You may as well celebrate it. And if you take it too seriously, you just aren't gonna have any fun with it.
0: That's beautiful,
2: man. All right, Devin, the mic is yours. Tell the people, tell the Omaha talkers where they can find you. All right, what you got? It's all okay. you, buddy. All right, man. Um, so the best place to find me visually, every artist who works in the visual medium is using Instagram these days. Devin uh, at Devin Omaha on Instagram, uh, Devin Omaha on Facebook, um, Devin at Liquid Courage Omaha dot com. If you can't tell, I'm pretty proud of where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm available. Uh, at the tattoo shop, Liquid Courage Tattoo, Omaha, Nebraska, Sailor's Grave Tattoo. I'm I'm around town. If you uh, if you throw out a line, I'll I'll, I'll hitch up. Cool. Bye, yeah,
0: man. and we'll put links to all that stuff on the uh, Omaha Talks website, as well as links on Facebook and whatnot. Devin, man. Thank you so Very much. my pleasure. It's Thank you so hearing much. It's great hearing from you. And yeah. it's good to get some
2: time in with Brandon. Too. Yeah, I exactly. never see him unless I'm tattooing or some talking. Some blood brothers tattoos. over here. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right, thanks for listening, Omaha Talkers. We will talk to you next time.